0: well good evening my name is Evan Gregory and this is Bible Answers we're going to continue our study on 1st John chapter 2 tonight so if you have your Bibles please turn there Uh, we have looked at the first I guess you say well maybe not even the first half of uh, just the first part of a first uh, John chapter 2 going to verse 11 last week and we're going to finish out the chapter uh, this evening and so I'm a member of North Columbus Church of Christ uh, we are located in Columbus Mississippi uh, our website is North Columbus dot com also we have a Facebook page we have a YouTube page as well and um, so we meet Sundays at 9 a.m. 10 a.m. 11 a.m. and on Wednesdays at six thirty p.m. so I'd love for you to visit and at nine a.m., eleven a.m., we have Bible classes on, uh, or I would guess you would say more Bible studies on uh, Sundays, and at six thirty on uh, Wednesdays as well. And those are uh, at an open format. We have teachers, but those that are out uh, listening uh, to what is being said, they have the opportunity to comment or, or uh, you know, if they have a question. Uh, they can let that be known there and so it's opportunity for those there that uh, to you know have some interaction with the teacher and even if they have issues with what's being said uh, they will have that time to uh, express those concerns so we don't try to uh, shy away from any uh discussion or debate uh, regarding the bible Uh, we're striving to uh, uh you know know the bible interpret the bible uh, correctly, and so uh, we'd love to have any type of discussion uh, with uh, about the Bible with you, and I um, hope, uh, you know, even uh, these videos are useful uh, for you, and again, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, or whatever it may be, leave a comment, or, you know, if you have a question, leave that question. I'll be uh, glad to respond to that, and even if it's something that's not related to the topic at hand. I'll uh, try to re, uh, attempt to respond to that, even if I you know, even if that's leaving a comment, or even having another video about that. And uh, I will strive to uh, answer those questions to the best of my ability. And so we're going to continue on to First John, beginning in verse twelve. And notice the context in chapter one and chapter two. Uh, John, he's emphasizing our fellowship with Christ, how we have fellowship with Christ but also making these very clear statements on how uh, to determine whether or not we're abiding in Christ or it, whether or not somebody else is abiding in Christ. Uh, in 1 John chapter 1, uh, John is talking about those that if they walk in darkness, they don't have fellowship with God. Also in the first uh, part of chapter 2, uh, beginning of verse 3, it says, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And so we can know that we know him if we do that. And if we're not obeying him, the flip side of that is true: is we we can know that we don't really know him. And um, so we we see that context uh, verse seven. He starts talking about this new commandment of, or this new and the old commandment, which is you know loving your brethren, and also you know one he you know these people that uh, hate their brethren, they're in darkness as well. And going on in verses twelve we there's a I guess you say a change in uh, uh you know John's writing here that he he directly addresses the fathers uh, the young men, and the little children and notice what he says about that in verse beginning of verse twelve He says, "I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesakes." I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you, and you overcome the wicked one. So notice what he says about the little children. He says, your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake, in verse 12, and... In verse 13, he says uh, that they have known the Father. And so their sins are forgiven them, and they have known the Father. Uh, to the fathers, he writes that they have known him who is from the beginning in verse uh, 13. And he repeats that in verse 14 as well. So the, the fathers, the little children, they... Uh, know him; they have known the fa- they known the Father, and also he references the young man. He says they have overcome the wicked one, and also uh, he says in verses fourteen to fourteen he says you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. So some of that he's repeating himself, but he he is uh, you know really just you know talking about. Uh, the spiritual state of those individuals. And I don't think he's saying that, um, you know, if he's saying that the fathers have known him from, from the beginning, he's not saying that the young men have not. Uh, but just the way that he writes here, he's discussing it about uh, who they are, uh, that they know known the Father, that they have overcome the wicked one. And it ought to have been an encouragement uh, to them. And for us, if we are, you know, if we're abiding in God, recognizing, uh, you know, what our condition is, that we, you know, if we're abiding in the Word of God, we have overcome the wicked one. We've known God, and so that ought to be an encouragement for us as well. And going on from that, he starts talking about the love of the world, and uh, you know what the condition of a Christian is who. Loves the world, and he says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever." And so he says clearly, "Don't love the world or things in the world." And so he's talking about sin and immorality it's in the world, but he's also talking about, you know, those things are in the world, you know, uh, our, our jobs, money, uh, fame and fortune, wealth, just, uh, you know, just this, you know, you know just this, uh, you know, desire to have these things of the world in contrast to uh, the love of the Father, which we're called to uh, love the Father above all things, that we're supposed to forsake all of these things uh, to follow him. doesn't mean that we can't, have some of these things of the world but they we ought not uh, to put those things above our love for the father and if there's anything that puts us uh, in, in opposition uh, to his will uh, we need to get rid of it. that we can't have we can't have anything in the world uh, that's put before a God and he says if we love the world love the father if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him so we don't love the father uh, if uh, we love these things of the world. And he says in verse 16 that all those things the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and proud of life. It's not of the Father, but it is of the world. So God is not trying to tempt us. He's not trying to cause us to sin. And so he's writing all of those things that cause us to sin, you know, those desires and temptation, all those things is of the world. Those things are not originating uh, with God. And in verse 17, he continues that the world is passing away in the lust of him. So all these things of the world they're, they're going to be done away with eventually but the one who does the will of the God, a will of God abides forever. So there's that contrast there. Uh, if we want to abide forever, then we're going to want to do the will of God but if we you know we focus on the world and the things of the world, uh, those things are going to pass away and also we can gather from other passages that we're going to be condemned as well if we uh, put those before God. Uh, moving on to verse 18 it says little children it is the last hour and as you've heard that the antichrist is coming even now many Antich- antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest and none of them were of us but you have an anointing from the holy one and you know all things i have not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you know in it that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So John, in verse 18, begins by saying that it is the last hour. And I think we have to recognize that um, of what John is referencing too, we have other passages uh in the new testament that reference uh these times i believe i believe acts chapter 2 with peter and his his sermon are referencing joel talking about these last days in which these last days are referencing to the time after christ you know when this new covenant has been established and this is what he's saying just as joel was saying this to you know in those last days uh, John here is saying this is the last hour. There's not going to be any type of a new covenant. There's not going to be a new information that's given out. Uh, this is it. You know, what, we're, what, we're, what we have given you, what we have taught you, this is it. And so uh, with that being known, it, it makes sense that he would reference that as, or this time as being uh, the last hour. And he says that uh, he says, You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, I many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. And so, a lot of times, and there's a lot of you know ideas out in the religious world that uh, you know when we see these references to uh, the Antichrist, that uh, there's referencing to these end times in which this Antichrist is eventually going to come and really rule the world. But the problem with that is when we look at this context we see that there's already been a lot of antichrists have come and so we have to understand what what john is talking about what is an antichrist who is an antichrist and uh, john in 22 verse 22 says he is antichrist who denies the father and son so if you deny the father son or you deny the son you are an antichrist if you're working against christ uh you know really that's what antichrist means you're against christ if you're if you're not following him you're against him you're you know you're denying him and so you are an antichrist so we can't get caught up and think when we think about an antichrist that this is some singular figure that there's been a, a lot of antichrist uh throughout time and in verse 19, talking about these individuals, he says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, and none of them were of us. And so if they were, if they believed the things that they were taught, if they were truly following God, they would have continued with them. They would have continued with the apostle. They would have continued with those in which he is writing to. Them. But it says that they went out from among us. And so by them separating themselves, they were made known exactly who they were. It says, and, and it says, John says that they were made uh, manifest. So we can know exactly who they are when they separated themselves uh, from us. And he says uh, in verses 20 and 21, this is, you know, all things I've not written to you because you do not truth, do not know the truth, but because you know, and that no lies of the truth. And so they know what is true. Uh, they know the word of God. And the, you know, and anything that does not conform to that is a lie. And in verse 22, says he is antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So he says, if you deny the Son, you deny the Father as well. And so uh, you think about, you know, even if you think about the Jew situation, you know, they believe in God, but the fa- the problem is that they rejected Christ, and there's other passages that reference this, that when they're rejecting Christ, they're ultimately rejecting God. And this is exactly what John is saying as well. If you didn't deny Christ, you didn't deny the Father who sent him. And so uh, you, can't, you can't be a believer of God and not be a believer in Christ. And if you, if you, believe, if you believe God and not believe Christ, well, then you don't really uh, believe in God. That's your true uh, condition there. Verse twenty four says, Therefore let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning, and watch if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father, and this is the promise that He has promised us eternal life. These things are written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him him abides in you And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him." So he said, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. So this word in which you have heard, that you believe, abide in those things. And if you abide in that word, notice what he says, that you're going to abide in the Son and in the Father. So abiding in his word, similar to what he's talking about, if you abide, you know, if you're following what he has told you to do, uh, you're abiding in him. And so if you're doing those things, you know that you are uh, in him. So there's that encouragement, that hope, that uh, assurance that we can have, uh, that we are right with him. And he, you know this promise that He's given us, this eternal life, and we're going to receive that if we continue to abide in Him. And so uh, He says in verse twenty six, "That these things I written to you concerning those who tried to deceive you." And so we don't really know exactly who this is. A lot of people speculate that this was probably uh, the Gnostics, that there was a problem with uh, these people. Uh, you know, at least an area of, of, of the individuals that John is writing to. And of course, the Gnostics aren't mentioned here in this book, but uh, some of the teachings of them uh, seem to be referenced here. But at the end of the day, we really don't know—at uh, least according to uh, the words that we have here. But at the very bare minimum, somebody is trying to deceive them, and John references this anointing that they have received from him, and it says he says, "If they abide in you." Uh, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in Him. So He talks about this anointing, and this anointing teaches them. And I really think this is this, you know, this this the you know, of course, this knowledge of God, this, the salvation, the hope, the the grace that we have. Titus chapter Titus chapter two, I believe, talks about grace teaching us. And so we have this anointing, we have this hope, promises that have been given, these benefits uh, that have been given to us by God. And these things teach them, it teaches us. And it says, it teaches you concerning all things, and it's true and it's not a lie. So this, it helps you to determine uh, what is true and what is false. And if that abides in us, uh, we're going to know uh, what is true. We're going to be able to abide in Christ as well. And you know, it says here in verse twenty-seven if it this anointing which you have received from him abides in you, you do not and you do not need that anyone uh, teach you. So you know these things. Uh, someone doesn't need to come in and tell you what you ought to be doing. You already know these things and continue in them and follow them. And verse twenty-eight says, "And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming." If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So, uh, he's again encouraging these individuals to abide in God, abide in Christ. If you abide in him, so that you have, so that you can have confidence and not be ashamed before him as it is coming. And there's again one of these another clear statement that John says. He says, "You know, if you know that he is righteous, so Christ is righteous." You know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. So if you're following Him, if you're imitating, striving to imitate Him, if you're practicing righteousness, you're born in Him, you're abiding in Him. So another one of these statements is saying, look, you, you can know if you're abiding in Him. You can know if you're born in Him. If you don't measure up to what to to, to to what is required of you, if you're not if you're not obeying His commandments, if you're not practicing righteousness, you're not born of Him. You're not abiding in Him, and 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 so you can know pretty clearly uh, what your condition is is before Him. And for those that are abiding in Him, you know what great assurance uh, that you have. Uh, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to question. Uh, what your position is for God, you, it's, John is making it very clear uh, to where an individual stands before God and how uh, they can know. And so, just the end of that chapter. Hope that it's been useful uh, for all of you. Uh, next week we're going to uh, look at First John chapter three. And um, again, if there's any questions, comments, feel free to leave those. You know, wherever, whatever, in whatever format you're watching this. I'll be glad to uh, answer those. And again, uh, hope uh, y'all have been bit of, bit of benefiting, getting tongue tied, benefiting from this. And uh, hope that uh, at least at the very minimum, this will encourage you to continue to, uh, to read the Bible, uh, study His Word, uh, understand what the will of God is for you. And so, until uh, next week, I hope that you all, um, you know, have, uh, you know, have. A good weeks. So I hope that you will strive to serve God faithfully, and um, hope to see you soon. Thanks.